Badlands. Explain those Badlands. That's a hell of a name. What's up, everybody? Good morning and well, welcome to The Brief. Today is Thursday, February 22nd, and uh, we've got... We've got some uh, some good stories today. Good morning to Firestorm 99 uh, and to Dark Karma and M. Kathy Lee, Chris Jock and Rosie. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning to Scarfinger and 10, 10H Gal now. Good morning to Magravator. And let's see, coal under pressure. Uh, anyone affected by the nationwide cell phone outage? Um, I did make a phone call this morning, so I don't think I am. But uh, I'll keep I'll keep an eye on it. Christy Chi, good morning. Uh, good morning. Good morning to Enlightened Patriot and Frequency Healer, Captain Caveman, Dave's David's Dog Spa. David, how are you? I hope the Hope the pups are good today as you're you're scrubbing them down. I wish that you lived close to me so you could wash my dogs because they smell. And it's too cold to turn the to turn the hose on. Um, who else we got? We got Bama Bitch. Good morning. We've got Ron E79 and see Sean B. Good morning, True Lee, Grace and Grit, Defund the Liberals, Spunky Patriot, Anon Nessie. Anon Nessie? That's a good one. Uh, Joanne Barnes, good morning. Ke uh, let's see, PJ Corgan, good morning, and Sandy and Little Sister Brown, Empty Guns. All right, we're gonna get into the show <laughs> first. Uh, first, before we start with the brief, let's talk about frequency apps. Imagine a future where your body can restore, revive, and rejuvenate itself effortlessly. Frequency apps harness the power of specific frequencies to create patches that are changing the game. These patches are easy to use with no interactions and no side effects, making them highly convenient. Every set of frequencies is designed to enhance and naturally stimulate specific systems within your body. Once applied, these frequency apps emit targeted frequencies that communicate with your body, helping it awaken its natural responses without any side effects. With over 50 different frequency apps, each one is a masterpiece of subharmonic frequencies carefully embedded to perfection. Ready to take the leap into the future of homeopathy? This America First company is offering Badlands viewers up to 25% off when purchasing a monthly subscription. Visit badlandsmedia.tv forward slash patches and use code BADLANDS at checkout to enjoy an exclusive 5% discount or subscribe and save up to 25%. That's badlandsmedia.tv forward slash patches using promo code BADLANDS. Hey, check it out. It's not 10H gal. It's one Ohio gal now, which is cool. I'm so sorry that I got it wrong. And I, I'm pretty sure I've gotten it wrong consistently for a, uh, a lot of days. All right, let's get into... Today's Badlands News Brief. And before we do, guys, please do me a favor and hit the thumb. Um, it is, it, I say it every day, and I really do mean it. It is the number one metric that Rumble looks at. It's um, the, you know, the, the number one thing that our audience can do to help us climb the Rumble board, get more eyes on Badlands, is to hit the thumb. So please smash it. Smash the thumb. And also, 
over here in the Badlands News Brief on Badlands Substack, badlands.substack.com, where uh, our good friend Burning Bright puts this together every day. And I uh, participate in it. And uh, Simon Esler does. Sometimes we have abs in there and Justin. Uh, it's it's good. It's good fun. And it's the substance of this show. And uh, so please make sure that you smash the, the heart over at Substack. Thumb on Rumble, heart on... Uh, on Substack, I said in the uh, in the DPH chat last night, before derailing the entire chat to talk about Sizzler, um, I said I I I only my only regret is that I have but one thumb to hit for each Badlands show. So uh, please smash the thumb, guys. Appreciate you. Close to a deal, or it's about to blow up. Speaker Johnson enters McCarthy territory as March deadline looms. While House Speaker Mike Johnson, Republican Louisiana, told reporters, quote, we think we're going to meet the deadlines to avert a government shutdown. House Republicans are preparing for the worst. Closed doors. I imagine that's behind closed doors. Axios reports. People are predicting a shutdown, even if it's just for a few days. One GOP lawmaker told the outlet, which notes that the government will start a two-phase government shutdown budget uh, unless a budget or spending stopgap is passed by March 1st. They're either close to reaching a deal or it's about to blow up, one subcommittee chair recently told a fellow Republican. Meanwhile, if a new budget isn't agreed upon by April 30th, it will trigger a 1% across-the-board spending cut. It's not nearly enough. Meaning that even if a stopgap is reached, Democrats won't back anything past that date, since across-the-board cuts would be A-OK for some House conservatives and the majority of the American people. Johnson will have to either stage a fight with Democrats that threatens a shutdown or work with Democrats to help pass a stopgap, exactly the move that resulted in Johnson's predecessor, Kevin McCarthy, being ousted from his role. Zero hedge. Um, so Kevin McCarthy being ousted from his role was a uh, glorious one. Two was due to a longer train of a much longer train of abuses than we're talking about with Mike Johnson. But this is more of the same. Very, very annoying. I love it. Every, like, I'm going to show you guys. Like, all, all you guys are, we're, we're all, we're all in this together, right? We're, we're all on the same page. Yeah, we get down to where it is. Shut it all down. Shut it all down. Shut it down. Shut it. Shut it. <laughs> Shut it down. Exactly. You, you guys, you guys get it. I wrote the, uh, the take for this one today. Oh, good. It's government shutdown season again. Steal yourselves for the emotional blackmail to be turned to 11 and for Republicans to be demonized in every possible way for holding the line on on frivolous and in many cases, criminal spending priorities. I mean, that's the best case scenario. And we're a worse and, in my opinion, more likely scenario is that Republicans will cave and American taxpayers will end up paying for everyone's fever dreams. And by everyone, I mean globally. The National Security Supplemental includes funding for, for includes funding for conflicts in f at least four theaters: Ukraine, Israel slash Gaza, Taiwan, and Sudan. On the domestic front, the Biden surrogates announce new spending nearly every time they open their mouths. It appears Biden believes the U.S. Treasury is his campaign fund, and he's making it rains in hopes that further tanking the economy will buy him support in the short term and provide narrative cover should he be inexplicably reelected. I don't envy Johnson, who is taking criticism from all sides, 
while he stands with a minority of Congress and a large majority of the American people in opposition to looting the Treasury. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, we all shut it down. Um, Here's the thing. A- another thing, right? We've talked about, I think we've talked about this on this show, how here in Denver, when the might, when it became clear that the migrant crisis was not going to be bailed out by either the state or the feds um, and, and uh, mayor Mike, Mike Johnston went around and, Oh, funny. Mike Johnson, Mike Johnson, Mike Johnson, Mike Johnston, um, went around and, uh, tried to get other counties to pick up some migrants. Like, come on guys, we need to redistribute this problem. Everybody needs to, you know, do their part and help out this Colorado crisis and everybody, including Boulder, like the leaders in Boulder, where all these people who are driving this agenda, they all live up in Boulder and they all came back. All, all the counties came back. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to make this our crisis. This is your crisis. You did this. You declared sanctuary status. You ended up having this problem. And uh, we're not going to we're not going to give it, you know, we're, we're not going to make your problem our problem. I think that's a direct quote from Colorado Springs uh, a couple of weeks ago with, with regards to this conflict. So what did he do? He started cutting services to Colorado citizens, services like um, DAV, uh, DMV and Parks and Rec services and to me the the i mean that straight means those those services shouldn't come back right they're non-essential if we can cut those to deal with migrants and and by deal with i mean giving them three thousand dollars maybe more plus all of the government services if we can if 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 they can if they can be cut for that they should be cut forever and i think anywhere this happens anywhere where elected officials are cutting services promised and provided to the citizens of that locality in an effort to to take care of one of their political priorities. Those services should stay gone forever. Freddie Quotes also says the phones are down. So you're in good company, uh, Freddie, because a few people in the chat this morning are having the same problem. I uh, I look like I still have my, my phone uh, bars anyway. I did make a phone call this morning and it worked. James Biden in impeachment testimony denies his brother was involved in his business deals. Which is hilarious because it's all written down. James Biden told HOP, HOP, House GOP investigators on Wednesday that his brother, President Joe Biden, wasn't involved in any of his financial deals. So he lied. In a 10-page opening statement obtained by Politico, James Biden kicked off a an hours-long closed-door interview with lawmakers by trying to draw a hard line between his brother and his decades-long business arrangements. House Republicans asked the president's brother to testify as part of their sweeping impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden, which has largely focused on deals cut by his brother and son Hunter. Quote, I've had a 50-year career in a variety of business ventures. Joe Biden has never had involvement any involvement or any direct or indirect financial interest in those activities, none. I never asked my brother to take any official action on behalf of me, my business associates, or anyone else, James Biden told lawmakers and staff from the Oversight and Judiciary Committee. Politico. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no universe. We've all read the laptop report, James. Quit lying, bro. Our take. The Bidens are a crime family. 
very obvious to those of us who have been tracking the fall of the House of Biden from the early days. The idea that Joe Biden was not a central force in the operations of their organized crime racket is absurd, and yet, even the Republicans involved in this case are struggling with bringing this idea to bear. James Biden's claim that his business operations were somehow unique within the Biden clan's daily operations sealed off from his VP's brother, VP brother's power and influence is silly. Let's take a little trip down memory lane for some context. A February 24th, 2016 email from Hunter Biden to Miguel Aleman Magnani, CEO of Mexican airline jet, the grandson of former president, Mexican president and son of one of Mexico's richest men reads, quote, I have brought every single person you have asked me to bring to the effing White House and the vice president's house and the inauguration. Okay, okay, okay. That's, uh, you know, doesn't look good. Doesn't look good, James. This is, of course, corroborated by photo evidence revealing that Biden did, in fact, offer Hunter's Mexican business associates access to the White House years earlier in 2014. We also know that while Joe was vice president, he flew Hunter and his partner, Jeff Cooper, on Air Force Two to Mexico City in 2016. The day after Hunter's 2016 email admitting he uses his father's position as VP for business, VP Joe Biden flew to Mexico for economic talks. Fast forward to December 18th, 2017, Hunter Biden's business partner, Patrick Ho, the effing spy chief of China, according to Hunter, was charged with conspiracy to violate the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act and money laundering. Guess who Ho's first telephone call was to? Was it Hunter? In fact, it was to James Biden. James claimed he believed the call was actually meant for Hunter Biden and went on to say, there's nothing else I have to say. I don't want to be dragged into this anymore. Yeah, I bet you don't, kitten. Nothing to see, right? Eventually, texts were leaked between Hunter and a friend referencing James' statement directly. Nice quote from Uncle Jimmy, Archer texted Hunter Biden. I hope you thanked him for that. Yeah, I'm delighted. According to the New York Post, Quote, text messages on Hunter's laptop also reveal he began panicking when the New York Times started asking questions as to why Ho called James Biden looking for him. Other messages also showed Hunter's attorney, George Mazires, boasting about the steering Times reporter David Barbosa away from Hunter and James's involvement with CEFC. The same New York Post article references a voicemail from Joe Biden to Hunter, referring to the New York Times article on Hunter's dealings with the effing spy chief of China. I think you're clear, Joe said to Hunter. Now, I know I haven't made a legal case here. I'm no lawyer, but the Bidens appear to be a crime family, and even a small amount of inductive reasoning reveals how they have historically functioned and what kind of legacy they all work together to protect. I'm confident they will eventually be, be exposed, but for now, the question is, Will James, manage, will James Biden manage to avoid being crushed by the rubble as the House of Biden crumbles? Simon Esler, um, he should not be able to escape the rubble. He's the little finger. Uh, or maybe the other guy was the, the, the bigger guy. The whisperer guy. Somebody will know. One of you guys will know. 
med beds. I'm not a lawyer, but I slept with E. Jean Carroll at a Holiday Inn Trafficking Express last night, so I have standing. Yeah, um, you better you better delete that post, bro, because she'll sue you in 30 years. Um, all right, let's hit our next sponsor. And our next sponsor is uh I don't oh I don't have it here. Hang on, let's see. Aerotex. These guys right here. My uh, whole environment here smells like pine because of arrow tags and uh, they are amazing. Give me one moment to pull this up. Here we go. All right. Tired of the endless cycle of buying and tossing those paper tree air fresheners? Enter arrow tags where their dream was to craft a solution to this very problem. Arrow tags are the first ever laser engraved resentable car air freshener made right here in the USA. Born in the maker space of the Cleveland Public Library, Aerotags is not just a business, it's a revolution, a testament to the American dream. There are not these are not just uh, about freshening your space, but about doing it better. With a commitment to longevity, aesthetics and sustainability, Aerotags are designed to last longer, look great, reduce waste, uh, replacing those fleeting scents with something you can count on. Don't forget to grab your Badlands Media Aerotag available now. Visit badlandsmedia.tv/aerotags, A R O T A G S. And use promo code Badlands for 10% off your order. One more time, that's badlandsmedia.tv slash aerotags, promo code Badlands. And uh, bring it closer for you guys to see. It's so pretty, isn't it? And it smells like pine. It smells really good, actually. It takes me, takes me back to Christmas. Uh, so check it out. And, you know, the we like the Badlands Media... We like the Badlands Media logo one, but they have, as you can see in that video, loads of different, uh, you know, designs and whatnot. You can also get custom ones. You could do, you know, one for your family. Maybe you have a family crest or family, uh, what is it, monogram, something like that. Be very cool. Good, good gift idea. All right, let's get back into the, to the news from dystopia. Objection to ceasefire. In Gaza equals license to kill. Chinese envoy. <sighs> Following the U.S. veto on a Security Council draft resolution that would have demanded an immediate humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza, a Chinese envoy said Tuesday that objection to a ceasefire in Gaza is nothing different from giving the green light to the continued slaughter. The draft resolution won 13 votes in favor among the 15 members of the Security Council. Britain abstained. China expresses its strong disappointment and at and dissatisfaction with the U.S. veto, said Zheng Jun, China's permanent res representative to the United Nations. Algeria, on behalf of the Arab states, put forward the draft resolution demanding an immediate ceasefire in Gaza, the immediate release of all hostages, guaranteed access to humanitarian supplies, and the rejection of forced displacement. Such a resolution, based on the minimum requirements of humanity, is urgently required by the situation on the ground and deserves the support of all Security Council members, he said in an explanation of vote, of vote, of the vote, after the vote. Chinadaily.com And UK warns it could restrict arms sales to Israel if Rafa offensive proceeds. Fresh headlines Wednesday say the United Kingdom is mulling restricting arms sales to Israel if it goes ahead with its planned major offensive on the southern Gaza city of Rafa which is packed with over a million Palestinian refugees who have been forced to relocate from other parts of the Strip. Further escalation 
of Israel's military action in Gaza without more effort to protect civilians could put it in a breach of international humanitarian law, depending on how it conducts the operations, UK officials said, speaking on condition of anonymity about internal assessments, Bloomberg reports. Not only has London's high court recently dealt with petitions from the legal advocacy groups alleging British arms sent to Israel are being used to commit war crimes, petitions which have thus far been rejected, but the UK Foreign Security uh, Foreign Secretary David Cameron has just issued a letter to Netanyahu's office calling for Israel to, quote, stop and think serious about the repercussions of a military offensive on Rafah. Zero hedge. Setting our take, set, settling the Israel-Palestine conflict has been seen as an impossible task. Still, I often argue that in the context of a mind war, you don't need an enemy, you don't need enemy psychological combatants to adopt your paradigm in order to win. You only need them to abandon their own. When it comes to the globalist hegemon's latest globalist hegemon's latest fear machine in Gaza, we're seeing even more devastating narrative damages pile onto the establishment represented most directly by the Biden administration and the deep state department. Dirty tricks department, as uh, Mike Ben said. Then even the Ukraine proxy war has visited with virtually all other heads of state loudly condemning the continued actions of the Israeli government. Because we've got many of the usual suspects in the global hege globalist hegemon adding their voices to the choir, I'm inclined to believe that there are necessary actuals being forwarded on the ground in Gaza. But the fact that even China and Russia are piling on adds continued fuel to the Middle Eastern fire the Biden administration has been trapped into contending with. Burning bright. Do us uh, a favor. Once again, guys, please smash the thumb on this show and rumble and smash the heart on Substack. It uh, helps us out. I feel like I'm going to sneeze again. Oh, see, the second you mention it, it goes away. And it comes back with a vengeance when you, like, don't expect it. All right. So if I just straight up sneeze into the mic without warning, I apologize. Utah's Sovereignty Act will overrule the federal government. Constitutional? A bill recently signed into law, uh, into law in Utah sets up a process for the state to overrule or otherwise ignore federal rules and decisions. I post a musical tribute below. Can you guess it? And think about the constitutionality. Um, I don't know what that musical tribute is. It's in the um, original article. We're, we're not going to get into that. Please consider the Utah Constitutional Sovereignty Act. Establishes a framework for the legislature by concurrent resolution to prohibit the enforcement of a federal directive within the state by government officers if the legislature determines the federal directive violates the principles of state sovereignty. Describe the way it describes the ways in which a federal directive violates the principles of state sovereignty and it limits the authority for requesting a concurrent resolution under the bill. It also requires the legislature to consult with the attorney general uh, regarding the potential impact of a concurrent resolution on litigation and to provide notice to representatives of tribal governance governments. CNN reports. Utah's new so Sovereignty Act sets up a process to overrule the federal government. 
The Utah bill introduced as the Utah Constitutional Sovereignty Act was signed into law by Governor Spencer Cox on January 31st. For its supporters, the law is another method of standing up to the federal government. Quote, balancing power between state and federal sovereignty is an, est- is an essential part of our constitutional system, Governor Cox said in a statement. This legislation gives us another way to push back on federal overreach and maintain that balance. Yet the push may stand in conflicts with the U.S. Constitution's Supremacy Clause, which states federa- federal laws take precedent over state ones. It's not exactly what it says. Robert Keeter, a law professor at the universe, uh, University of Utah's S.J. Quinney College of Law, said he was skeptical of the sovereignty, skeptical that the Sovereignty Act was constitutional. This sends the message, and the Utah legislature is famous for sending messages of this sort, that it's unhappy with the federal government, and it's expressing that in a way that is constitutionally problematic, he told CNN. Mish talk. Um, so the Supremacy Clause, which is, I believe, the 11th Amendment, um, asserts federal, <clears throat> excuse me, asserts federal government sovereignty over areas where the federal government has those powers according to the Constitution. There is, according to the 10th Amendment, a whole bunch of stuff where uh, those those powers don't belong to the feds and they belong to the state. So in my view, the 10th Amendment gives Utah the authority that it's asking for here for everything that would not violate the Supremacy Clause. They don't even mention the 10th Amendment in this uh, in this write-up, which... I will get into now in my take. It's puzzling that the legal analysts cited in this article can discuss this matter without mentioning the 10th Amendment, which reads, the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited to it by the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. 10th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. If the federal government overreaches its constitutional authority, the states have a duty, a right and a duty to assert their sovereignty. This has happened many times throughout our nation's history, and it's happening in many ways right now. Still, that Utah feels the need to legislate this principle in 2024 is evidence that the federal government is absolutely out of control. The author of this article calls Utah's declaration a symbolic measure, but in the same piece refers to the Texas border case and the Colorado 14th Amendment challenges, current efforts where states are attempting to assert such authorities, regardless of however flawed those efforts are. Can Utah's Sovereignty Act be classified as symbolic when its enactment may be required to protect its citizens and their rights? Again, the 10th Amendment should cover this authority and each conflict should be litigated on its merits. That is, to determine whether the state or the federal government has the power in that specific conflict and whether the supremacy clause applies. But the Biden agenda and administration has a goal and track record of institutional transformation. Perhaps it's time for the states to do more to restrict these authoritarian aims and reclaim their sovereignty. Thus, I say cheers to Utah in its efforts to not become Colorado. Quote, the instability, injustice, and confusion introduced into the public councils continue to be the favorite and fruitful topics from which the adversaries to liberty derive their most specious declamations. And that is James Madison from Federalist 10 and, uh, you know, basically deceptive, deceptive rhetoric and actions in support of that uh, rhetoric. Sounds like now, doesn't it? 
SEC closes Rumble investigation in latest regulatory clearance of global free speech platforms. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission concluded its investigation into Rumble Inc. and said it will not recommend any actions against the video sharing website, marking the latest regulatory clearance of a social media platform promoting free speech across the globe. We have concluded the investigation as to Rumble Inc. Based on the information we have as of this date, we do not intend to recommend an enforcement action by the Commission Against Rumble, Inc., SEC Assistant Regional Director Sarah Mallett told Rumble on Tuesday in a letter obtained by Just the News. The SEC still warned that the platform may not be completely in the clear. Quote, we are providing this notice under the guidelines set out in the final paragraph of the Securities Act release number 5310, which states in part that the notice must in no way be construed construed as indicating that the party has been exonerated or that no action may ultimately result from the staff's investigation. The announcement regarding Rumble comes after Truth Social, former President Donald Trump's social media platform, said last week that it cleared its final regulatory hurdle, uh, regulatory challenge rather, with the SEC to be able to merge with Digital World Acquisition Corp following nearly two years of delays. Just the news. All right, guys, please smash the thumb for me. I uh, appreciate it so much. We all appreciate it here at Biden, at Biden, at Badlands. That was weird. Please tell me the word. No, it's not even on the, it's not even on the screen. The word Biden is not even on the screen. I have no idea where that came from. I'm probably going to get some lashings for that. Smash the like so I get fewer lashings from, uh, from misspeaking and saying Biden just then. Our take. We are witnessing the birth pangs of the parallel economy as the law affair targeting organizations like Rumble and Trump Sue Social plays out. The SEC has released its talons from Rumble for now, providing a moment of hope for CEO Chris Pavlovsky. Is this the end of a battle in the war to further establish a parallel economy outside of the deep state's control or merely a moment of quietude in the same battle. Probably that one. I'm not sure which depiction is more accurate, but according to the SEC, the notice must be in no way be construed as indicating that the party has been exonerated. You're right, Silent Whisper. I do need more coffee. I pulled a Biden in saying Biden. Seems like the end of a cartoon show where you know the same villain will be back next week with another harebrained scheme to attack the hero. I'll get you next time, Gadget. Anyone else watch Inspector Gadget growing up? I most definitely did. Go, go, Gadget arm. Uh, Go, go, Gadget. I, I don't even know. So many cool things he had. It was a good show. I like that one. True to the hero's journey, Pavlovsky is ready to do battle based on what he knows is an actual evil plan to stop him from doing something genuinely virtuous. According to a post from Pavlovsky, Pavlovsky on X, quote, we saw the attacks coming and we prepared for them. Prior to going public, we chose to use Google Analytics to track and report our MAUs so we could be ready for this very moment. This is just the start. They're coming for us in 2024. They can't stand Rumble's mission, but they are going to learn quickly how hard we punch back. I have to admit, Rumble is a very inspiring story for me personally. Rumble was founded only 20 minutes from my home here in Toronto, 
and has now undermined billions of hours of censorship our enemy was most certainly relying upon. I guess peak success these days means building the foundations of a new society while fending off a satanic horde of globalists and their minions. Go rumble. Simon Essler. Uh, excellent take, actually. Let's see. I think we just have one. No, we have two. Is that two? Just two. Okay. We have two bonus items. So before we hit the bonus items, we are going to talk. You guys know what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Angel Paste because Angel Paste is the best lotion the world has ever known. It's made only of food grade plant oil, uh, plant oils and the testimonials are incredible. We're hearing age spots are fading. Eczema and psoriasis are being made better. Sunburns are being prevented and so much more. This is because Angel Paste contains everything that your skin wants and none of the corporate poison you find in almost everything else. This Valentine's Day gift boxes may be sold out, but don't worry. You can still buy Angel Paste Rose Infused Miracle Cream individually, exclusively by using the link uh, badlandsmedia.tv slash angelpaste. Make sure you use promo code BADLANDS to pry a dollar from Patrick's grasping hands. Rose is projected to sell out faster than vanilla. So get your Rose Angel Paste now at badlandsmedia.tv slash angelpaste and use promo code BADLANDS. If you get three or more bottles, you get free shipping. Angel Paste, your skin will absolutely drink it up. One more time, that is badlandsmedia.tv slash angelpaste, promo code BADLANDS. And, uh... I am a big, big fan of Angel Paste. And I uh, I know what the next scent is, but I'm not allowed to say. But I do know. And it's good. It is um, not something that I have seen anybody mention. So do with that what you will. All right. New York AG says she may seize Trump buildings and assets if he can't pay $355 million penalty. Oh my God, this woman is like almost worse than Fanny. New York Attorney General Letitia James said on February 20th that she is prepared to seize former President Donald Trump's buildings and assets if he can't pay the penalty imposed in the state's civil fraud case, which is a stupid penalty that's detached from reality. The former president was recently ordered to pay nearly $355 million and barred from doing business in New York State for three years by State Supreme Court Justice Arthur Angeron. During an interview with ABC News, Ms. James said that it was really not my business if President Trump doesn't have the money to pay the penalty, while also noting that she has her eyes on the Trump building in Lower Manhattan. Quote, if he does not have the funds to pay off judgment, then we will seek, you know, judgment enforcement mechanisms in court, and we will ask the judge to seize his assets, she said about the made-up crime. We are prepared to make sure the judgment is paid to New Yorkers, and yes, I look at 40 Wall Street each and every day, she added, referring to the Trump building. President Trump's attorneys have vowed to appeal the case. He and his attorneys have described the case as a political witch hunt and the verdict as a manifest injustice. Throughout the trial, the Trump team accused Justice Angeron of judicial malpractice, and the president has asserted that he should be the one being awarded damages. The Epic Times. I think that's true. 
So, uh, you know, one of the things that's been really interesting about learning the rules of federal civil procedure for my own lawsuit is what the, you know, what, what are the lines and standards? There's, you know, legal tests for determining things and whatnot. But what you see is with, um, with a judge like Angeron, what we're talking about is abuse of discretion. So the court has really broad discretion. We saw this in um, Judge Kaplan with E. Jean Carroll. All of the decisions that, uh, I, I don't know about all, at, at, at least the majority of decisions that Judge Kaplan made with regard to evidence, um, not allowing the dress to be brought into evidence, not allowing the social media posts to be brought into evidence, all of the individual decisions that were made in that case that led up to President Trump's judgment, basically because she wasn't she wasn't um, required to produce any evidence. That was all done according to the rules. I think it's um, Article Four of the Rules of Federal Civil Procedure speak with speak about sexual assault cases. I think it's four. I could be wrong on that, um, and I don't have it right here. It's right over there, but I can't reach it without getting up. So we're going to just say it's you know maybe four, but possibly not four. Um, they, they're all consistent with the rules, but he used his discretion and took the most liberal reading of every single rule, right? Which when you take the totality of that, the repeated decisions of Judge Kaplan to um, rule on evidence in such a way that was prejudicial to President Trump, and protective of the plaintiff in the case, when you take the totality of that evidence together, you get to, and I think on appeal, President Trump has a really good case in the Kaplan, in the, the E. Jean Carroll appeal, you get to the abuse of discretion. And the line, the legal test for whether a court, a judge has abused his discretion is material prejudice. And then when you have material prejudice, uh, impacting the outcome of the case, you get to manifest injustice. These are all important legal terms, but the the materially prejudicing President Trump in all of the decisions that the judge made, that should, in, in my view, get the judge uh, removed from the bench because it's not just an abuse of discretion, but it's abuse of discretion that mater materially prejudiced President Trump to the for, to the end of manifest injustice. It's a pretty big deal. And and if it's not, if it's now all of a sudden not a big deal, then the legal profession and the justice system should 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 get none of our uh credibility, respect and should be seen as illegitimate. If they can pick and choose based on politics and let's be honest Trump derangement if they can pick and choose where justice should apply and then engage in manifest injustice against their political opponents, that's a really big deal, in my opinion. Google kind of apologizes after woke AI Gemini exposed as anti-white racist. Having been busted on some very clear race bias in the image generation segment of their new AI, Gemini Experiences Director of Product Management Jack Cross yeah, addressed the responses from the AI that had led social media users to voice concern. In a statement to Fox News Digital, we're working to improve these kinds of depictions immediately, he said. 
Gemini's AI image generation does a wide range of people. And that's generally a good thing because people around the world use it, but it's missing the mark here. Was that an apology? Maybe they thought they could get away with it or it was being done for some higher purpose. As modernity news, Paul Joseph Watson uh, detailed earlier, Google's Gemini AI program is being roasted for producing diverse image results that show things like black Vikings and other historically inaccurate depictions. Zero hedge. Um, so I, I, this, this story was going all over yesterday with the Gemini, the new Gemini experience thing. Um, and I didn't really pay much attention cause I was focused on other things, but I did see, uh, the prompt was the prompt to, um, the Gemini Google Gemini was, uh, give me a picture of a ginger person. So a redhead. And it was a, uh, definitely it was, it was, there were two of them, two pictures that were put in the post. So this is somebody on Twitter sharing what they got out of Gemini AI, not some sort of firsthand experience with Gemini AI, but they add the prompt. You can, you can see the prompt in the image. And so the prompt is show me a ginger person. And it's a, it's, it's black people with red hair and freckles, um, which I'm not saying there's not black gingers. I, I, I've seen, I, I think I've seen black gingers. I don't know that I've met or worked with any um black gingers but i i'm I'm certain they exist but for that to be the number the 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 first response that comes from your ai when you ask for a ginger you know most of us think of uh the uh, leprechauns i mean let's be honest we do right think about leprechauns I, i have a couple of um gingers in my my family so i probably think of them before leprechauns but not really i really do think of leprechauns because uh lucky charms are magically delicious that is the badlands news brief today and i am joining brian um sitting in for patrick today he's got some stuff going on Uh, i believe patrick and i will be back here together tomorrow um but i'm joining brian brian in 15 minutes so i'm gonna go refill my coffee and get ready for that. And I'll see you guys over in the Badlands Daily um, chat in 15 minutes. Um, what else? We have, okay, so today we have, oh, there's the uh, Julian and, and Burning Bright's Cultural Heretics. Second episode is on today. So that's fun. I caught the uh, the first one on replay. I was unable to join because that was the day we had Fanny, they launched that show the day that, uh, Fanny was in trial. And so I was pretty, um, pretty, pretty distracted last Thursday, but that's exciting. So we'll get to see episode two of cultural heretics. We've got sit, uh, sit rep and, and rug pull. Did you hear what I did? I just like merged sit rep and rug pull into sit pull. (laughs) It's that kind of morning. Um, don't tell John that I uh, misspoke and said Biden instead of Badlands. Let's not do that. And um, tomorrow on Why We Vote, we're going to have such a fun show. We've got Colonel Sean Smith, Clay Perique, Amber Connor, maybe some other special guests dropping in to uh, do kind of a happy hour roundtable kind of thing around the CISA report and the Georgia developments and everything that's happening in the um, in the space the election integrity space. So make sure that you guys are tuned in to Badlands uh, all weekend weekend because it's, um, you know, we got, we got good stuff going on, but I will see you guys in 15 minutes. 
and everybody have an absolutely blessed and phenomenal day. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. And don't forget to hit the thumbs up on this video. And a special thank you to all of our advertising partners. Please remember to shift your dollars to support those businesses that support Badlands Media. 